0: What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. You know, and I'm excited for this conversation. We're going to talk a little bit about you know some of the the nuances in this current NFT landscape. I uh, also want to clarify a couple of things in regards to like overall big picture where you know these different components of you know uh, ways that we release new projects. We're seeing like derivatives or second generation projects and you know a lot of this is coming off of the uh you know the uh world of women galaxy project um that was just dropped uh over the weekend and and this what i'm going to share talk about is actually not directly tied to that drop but it was really interesting for me because uh of the wallet scenario that i've been in um the a lot of things were actually hopefully being taken care of today, but because of that, um, I really wasn't in the place to actually uh, jump into the Dutch auction that was the uh, World of Woman uh, Galaxy drop. And I, I would have if if my wallet wasn't uh, comp- my wallets weren't compromised and my crypto wasn't taken uh, a week ago. Uh, without question, I would have jumped in and at least snagged one. Uh, maybe I had snagged two, but. Because I wasn't, it actually gave me a different lens to look through things. Um, and uh, it was actually kind of fun because I reached out to some friends that I knew that are, you know, I would consider them more of like the NFT uh, whales in a sense. They, they're willing to um, throw in kind of big money for big money gains. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, for them, you know, the difference between, Buying it at two and a half eth versus buying it at two eth um, is really nothing to them because they plan on holding a bag of them for you know, a couple months um, with the goal of it being 3x 4x. And so that you know, half eth just dis- difference for them really isn't that big of a deal. Now, for me, uh, and I know for many of us, that half east is a, ma- a half east. Eth is like uh, a make or break. You know, in many cases, in sense of like how many we can get, or even if we can afford it. And let's not you know beat around the bushes. This is also we're talking in the thousands of dollars. Um, in the you know you know upwards of six thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand dollars. You know we're spending um, on you know these NFTs and these NFT drops. But what I wanted to kind of clarify or kind of break down is that you know just because we all have like the access to play doesn't mean we're all playing the same game. And what I mean by that is different projects are delivering things in different ways. And, and really, we have to look at it and ask ourselves, like, you know, I, I, I say this a lot on the podcast, right? Like we have to define what success looks like for us in each of these NFT projects. But I'm going to go a little bit further than that. We actually act to look at something and ask, like, what is not only our risk versus reward of that project, but like, what is our why? What is like the, the, the thing that we're looking for? Right. Because I, I have a couple of friends that like they got into NFTs recently over the last couple of months. And um, I know for them, like they would have killed to have a world of women uh, NFT. They love the art. They love the community. They just want to be a part of that women tribe that is uh, world of women. And I mean, why wouldn't you? It's definitely um the that it's definitely a blue chip uh you know NFT, you know, in my personal opinion. And I think in most people's opinions. And so for them, like the opportunity to jump into a galaxy NFT, and a couple of them reach out to me and it's like, Brian, you know, I have this NFT, I have this NFT, and I have this NFT. If I sell all three of them, I know for sure I'll be able to get into um a world of women galaxy, right? And the uh, the thing I always kind of push back on that is not push back, but this is like usually my advice. So just as you know, for those that have reached out to me, you can, you can validate this, but I will often say like, don't, don't like um, guilt yourself or feel bad about making some decisions in existing collections so that you can get in the one or two collections that you absolutely love and want to be a part of. And here's the reason is, is I'm speaking from experience. Because I had an opportunity, uh, it was back in December time timeframe uh, to sell out of one of the collections that I was in. Because I really wanted to get into the Lazy Lions, I really, I've, I've always been a big fan. I'm still a big fan of Lazy Lions, even though I've never held one. Um, and the floor price um, really isn't what I've been caring about. Like there's a Lazy, there's a, there's a Lazy Lion art look that if I ever got in. Um, which I think I will at some point, um, it, it's, it's for a specific like look, a combination of traits. And that combination of traits um, for this uh, at the current time in December had dropped down to, I believe it was like the two point, someone had listed one for 2.6 or 2.8 ETH. And I remember being in this kind of like tough spot where I, need, I would have had to sell these four other NFTs that I was a part of, not to make up the whole amount, but to give me a, enough liquidity that I wasn't draining all of my liquidity to just jump into Lazy Lions. And, and what I ended up deciding was I would feel too bad leaving some of these collections to just jump into Lazy Lions. I would rather stay in these three other collections than take that jump and jump on that one right when I did. Crazy enough that combination of properties of the lazy lion that I've liked, I have yet to see come up for sale anything under Four ETH since that day. And the funny part about that is the collections that I didn't want to get rid of then, um, I still hold one of of those three collections and I could still have got back into them, right? Like one of the things that we don't talk a lot a lot about is if you have to leave a collection because you wanna you haven't you have like the liquidity to jump into a new one. Those other ones are still going to be around if you want to jump back into them later on. Maybe they're going to cost you more. Maybe they're going to moon. But like, it's not like an all or nothing or like you can't go back, right? And I think that's something that we often, um, you know, kind of forget. And then we also have to look at like, what I would say is like the the current situation of the NFT projects. And that really comes down to the roadmap and understanding where, if, if you're jumping into a legacy project, where in that roadmap that project is, what are the things that are upcoming? Because I will tell you, one of one of the pieces of advice I gave to a friend who I knew was very liquid was, you know, do you want a world a World of Women Galaxy NFT, you know, as they're doing their 20k drop yesterday, or, or the other day, or do you want to wait like a couple days and get a, an original, get the series one, like the I don't even know what they're calling it, the classic, the Genesis. Um, as it's probably gonna drop three four five eth um, because there are people that were factoring in the price of their world of women uh you know nft prior to the drop with the galaxy because everyone who had a world of women got you know a galaxy nft as well and so what I mean by that is like we have to look at like those big pictures of the roadmap. Now, for those that are playing in our our pop star series here, where uh, proof of podcast uh, today's episode, the word of our, of our proof of podcast is roadmap. So if you jump over uh, to our website, NFT three sixty five podcast, and you put that in for roadmap, that'll be one of your uh, March words. Uh, you remember you have to do it within the first thirty six hours of the podcast drop, but. The reason roadmap is so important in this conversation is that I've actually watched some of the trends where people will jump in thinking they're getting a great deal, but not realizing one of the main benefits of that roadmap in the next month, two months, three months has actually already been delivered. So this is something that most people aren't telling you. But when you're you're jumping into a new project and you're minting it, you're looking at like Established utility or projected roadmap, right? like what's the likelihood of them actually delivering that? But if you're jumping into a project that has utility already baked in, they've already delivered a couple of things, you're going to want to look at some of those deliverables and ask yourself like is now a good time or a bad time? for example, like the I, I have the um, Ioki verse, right Steve Ioki has his uh, nft drop um, and one of the things that I loved about this nft drop, was one of the first pieces of massive utility, was an in-real-life event in Los Angeles this week, which is where I was supposed to be. Unfortunately, uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances, I've had to pull out of um, LA. I will still be in Miami. I had to pull out of LA. Uh, And so interestingly enough, as soon as I was pulling out of LA, it dawned on me that like, oh, the reason I bought into that NFT and the reason I've been holding it right now is because of that immediate utility the next piece of utility which i still think is valuable is not for many months down the road so my option there is to like sell out of that use the liquidity the way that i might want to and then if i want to jump back into that project before that next piece of uh, of roadmap you can do that as well now this really depends on the type of projects right some projects that makes a lot of sense. Other projects, right, we, we're, where some people think like, oh, as soon as this is delivered, the project should moon. But really, if it's delivered and they like didn't get lucky or they didn't get the one they wanted, or maybe there's a little bit of, of drama or maybe the drop doesn't go as well. Well, that actually oftentimes doesn't. Um, a lot of the, this is what I found. A lot of the moving parts around predictability of a piece of the roadmap that is dropping is really hard to kind of wrap your head around, right? And so, like, I'm even looking at like the the trending, you know, trending today right now as far as collections and and the world of women galaxy floor price right now is 1.4. Um, now, for those that kind of tracked it, it was a Dutch auction it started at three ETH, every half hour it was dropping a half a ETH. Um, there was you know a couple hundred buys along the way, and then of course as soon as it hit around like that one and a half one ETH um, level, it it sold out pretty quickly. I think 10 minutes um, is all it lasted at that last level. But the interesting part about that is, you know, the art reveal happened kind of right away, right? So these are things that you're always going to factor in. The other thing you want to also factor in is what like, are you holding a rare uh, NFT? Are you holding an NFT? of like a collection that people want you know, the properties of, or are you just holding one of the collection because the collection is worth something? Because here's something that most people don't tell you or don't highlight enough. The more rare the NFT is that you hold, the harder it is to sell, which might sound counterintuitive, right? But you're like, wait a second. If this is the one everyone wants, wouldn't it be easy to sell? Well, it would be easy to sell if you drop the price down to a point where it was closer to the floor. But as soon as you get away from the floor, people now have to evaluate, do I believe in this collection so much that others are gonna care about the rarity of it, right? Because I have a couple NFT projects um, that I own, like top 10, one of them I own top five, most rare in that collection. But guess what? The collection, the project itself is pretty much a dud. And having the top five most rare uh, one in a project that has a floor of 0.009 um, is pretty much useless, right? I can I can't even sell it for like 0.1 because right now people don't even believe in the project. And if they if they want to like hold it in their bag to take a, like a flyer on it, they're going to buy something off the floor. And so what I've found is that like I I do look at rarity, right? I I I that is something that I factor in, but I really factor it into like what are the things that I want to make happen with this NFT collection? What are the things that I want to think about around this NFT? And then the other other part of it is how willing am I to sell this under what I think it's valued at if I need the liquidity? Because what I mean by that probably, and it's shined its head here the last couple uh, days for me, was there are some NFTs that if you looked at the collection, you're like, oh, Brian, it's a 0.4 floor price. Like Why is that project so valuable to you? Well, for a couple of them, I own four of those NFTs. And of those four, two of them are extremely rare. And not only just rare in the sense of like rarity tools, but rare in the sense that I know people want the cyborg version of this NFT with the hat. And because I have that combo, it is something that is, as soon as I put it up for sale, people are going to be aware of it. Now, if I put it up for, actually I put it up for sale yesterday um, and I know people are going to like, oh, Brian put it up for sale at such a high price then it's probably not going to go. And like the reason I put it up there was like if someone's willing to pay that, I mean, I'll let it go. I don't really care at this point. Like that's like, sure, I'll take it. But all of this kind of comes into this, like these moving parts. And so for some people, like this is the, this is the narrative I heard yesterday and I, and I really, I felt bad because I don't think everyone kind of looks at these things in this way. Just because a project is established or a legacy doesn't mean you don't have to do your homework to understand when to buy what traits to buy, um what things are upcoming. I would actually argue the research is about the same. you're just researching on different things, right like I will tell you like for me, lazy lions, I mentioned that one I'll mention it again for me, going into that discord and like Listening to what people talk about as far as the traits, are there any you know groups and meetups? Where is it, What is what is the roadmap on the Cubs that are coming out, right? like What are some of the other things that people are excited about in that project? I'm going to spend a week in there before I pull the trigger. Now, unless the exact one that I want becomes for sale and then we have a different conversation. But the reason I think these are all things to factor in is you have to really take this into account because... For those that haven't sold an NFT yet, right, just putting it for sale doesn't mean, hey, all of a sudden people are going to buy it, right? Putting it for a little bit below floor when there's a lot of volume, yeah, it's probably going to sell pretty quickly. But that means you're pricing it a little bit lower than what the, what the minimum is that people are currently buying things for. And what I've noticed for me, even ones that aren't rare, but I have an emotional connection to them, I have a tough time... Selling them at the floor price, even if the floor price is more than what I bought the NFT for. Now, it really is the case when it is the floor price is actually below what I bought it for. And that's like a very, that's like a a struggle. But I've shared that this part of it uh, many times. Getting out of a project and taking that liquidity out of a project you no longer believe in, even at a loss, and putting it into a project that you have hope in is way more strategic than trying to just ride one out and unsure where it's going. And that is one of the things that I've learned probably the most over the last seven, eight months is that there are people that will sell, a pro- like they'll get into a project and within a month, sell it at a loss, not because they're, they, they're like, okay, hey, I, I need this liquidity right now. Or what they're saying to themselves is they, it's no longer worth tracking, even if it goes back up what they thought the project was, right? Like what the reasoning is that they got into it um, is no longer there and they're going to move on. That can also be the case where a project has already weathered the storm. Crypto Chicks, for example, probably one of my favorite projects and shout out to the amazing uh, NFT 365 community for helping me get back um, that, my prized uh, Crypto Chick. Uh, and I will say for me, like on that project, they've weathered the storm and they've also kind of been really kind of adapting and they've added a new council. Um, shout out to uh, to Travi, who I know is on the council, who is uh, a listener of the podcast. Um, also Becky, I know Becky is also a listener of the podcast. Both of them are on the Crypto Chicks um, board or on the council, which I think is really awesome. Congrats to them. I love that there's a boarding council that is out there. But the reason I- I'm saying that is because you could just look at the roadmap and be like, oh, they didn't deliver on this or um, they've been around for this much and their price is going up and down. But if you look and you listen and you like, really follow in that community, you can learn some things about it that will really probably blow your mind or open your mind. So what, what am I saying with all of this? It's easy to jump in and out of projects if you're just looking for like short-term wins or splashing around. But if you really are looking and saying, I want to find maybe my long-term hold, or I want to find a project that I fall in love with, even if you're going to a recently launched project or to a legacy project or, or jumping into a blue chip, like here, here's the question that I, I was pondering last night when I was thinking about this podcast episode. If I was going to jump into world of women, not the galaxy world of women today, what would what would be my strategy for doing so? Right. If I had if I had the ETH for that floor right now, um, what would be my strategy? And I would tell you, my strategy would be to find one 20% around the floor price that I absolutely love the art. And if there isn't one, to buy one at the minimum floor with the goal of flipping up a little bit when one with like the color hair that I like or the style that I like. Because there's something to be said about the NFTs that we, like, we truly love. And I, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast episode, like picking your three or your five NFTs that you absolutely love, which to me was really really put to the test here this past week with my wallets and such. But if you look at those NFTs, what about them do you love? Do you love the community? Do you love the utility? Do you love the roadmap? Or do you love that you've found one with the art That is something that you love and that you represent and it also connects to a community and utility that you care about right and this is actually one of those interesting things where i talk about the three by three by three strategy in the previous episode one of the other things that i found is like once i find one nft that i really love in a collection it gives me freedom to splash around and pick up more in that collection Versus if I haven't, right, and maybe I have, I have one or two already, but I, I haven't found that like one that I absolutely love in the collection. Maybe it's a rare one. Maybe it has a certain trait. Maybe it's one that I think will, would represent me very well uh, as my, uh, my PFP. What I found is my ability to be objective, which with, with which NFTs I should buy next is actually skewed. So I'm going to challenge everyone that's out there. Take a step back. Just because something seems like established doesn't mean it's less risk. Just because something is mint doesn't mean you have to do more guessing. And just because a project feels like you've missed out doesn't technically mean you've truly missed out. If that project's the one you want to get in, then you have to be committed to say, even if I find other great projects, I'm willing to take those profits to flip into the project that I care about the most. It's much harder done than said. I can pretty much tell you that because I've now done that twice where I decided not to flip out of a project, even though I believed I was committed to flipping in um, to a project that I really wanted to be a part of. As most of you know, this podcast is super powered by the ADHD coin over on Rally. We are right around 1500 supporters of the ADHD coin. I just want to say thank you to all that are holding the ADHD coin. Uh, you can jump over on the Discord, it's free to join. Uh, just go to adhdcoin.com. Uh, love that you know every Saturday night uh, Sunday, uh, you get rewards. I love the community kind of celebrating those rewards together. And also just know this, like the our Discord is still very intimate, still very dialed in. And if you're new to the game, maybe you're jumping back in. Maybe you're now just figuring out if this is something you want to play in. Uh, I can promise you our team of moderators and admins that we have in there are ready to welcome you in, ready to bring you into the fold. Uh, If you've never got coin before, if you've never bought an NFT before, if you've never signed up for a MetaMask wallet before, Jump in our Discord. Let us know what you have going on. Feel free to drop your questions in there. We, I, I mean, there are questions being answered and shared all day, every day, and uh, we just really try to hopefully make it not only a welcoming community, but also an opportunity for you to find your people and surround yourself with people that will be with there with you on the ride, but also be there when you need them, just in case... You need to sign up for a new wallet or you're worried about a hack or whatever that may be. So until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. I